Hello, and welcome to the Minnesota Nights Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris. Go away, you fur. With me this week from Testudo Times, the Maryland blog on the SB Nation Network, is Thomas Kinzora. Did I get that right? I didn't screw up your last name? You got it correct. Excellent. Starting off strong today. Um, all right, well, let's just get right into it. Uh, the question I think any Minnesota fan is going to have is just what the heck happened with Temple, and can you please replicate it again on Saturday? Well, the answer to both of those questions is I don't know and I don't want to. Um, <laughs> the Against Temple, it looked like maybe they you know got a little ahead of themselves, kind of overestimated themselves and underestimated Temple kind of at the same time, and then came out flat and then couldn't pull it together. Just never got in any sort of rhythm on any side of the ball. And just, you know, a whole game unfolded like that. You know, that that's surprising to me. I was surprised to see that. You know, I haven't I haven't had a I haven't seen Maryland play that poorly that surprisingly in a long time. Um, you know, we'll see if that was just a one game thing or if that's something that lingers. And a performance like that, it kind of could because that, you know, that that can shake what you believe, you know, you're capable of for sure. I mean, Maryland's definitely talented enough to stay with Minnesota, no question. Like, I, I honestly had this down as, I can't remember if I picked it as a loss, but I certainly didn't see this as an extremely likely win for Minnesota. Toss up at, at best, honestly, coming into the season. Um uh, this, you know, the Temple performance doesn't have me feeling like overconfident. It just has me feeling more like, okay, clearly this is a team that Minnesota can play with. Um, we'll see if they come. I mean, because if you guys come out just on fire, I think you can just absolutely take us to the woodshed if we're not on. Um, but I'm kind of hoping it's going to be more of a everybody struggles a little bit close game. Minnesota wins by just a little bit, you know, would be my preference, obviously. From what you saw against Temple and Texas and Bowling Green, um, what do you think the strengths are of the Maryland team on offense? Yeah, so this is a team that has, when it's been succeeding, it's been running the ball phenomenally. Uh, Particularly against Bowling Green, they ran for 444 yards against Bowling Green. Um, That has not been replicated since. Uh, They didn't run great against Texas, who has a very good run defense. They didn't do anything well against Temple, but that that I would say is the strength. They have four healthy running backs that are very good, maybe a fifth, um, and then so it's Ty Johnson is the senior. He's the guy who had the go ahead touchdown late against Minnesota last year. There's Anthony McFarland who ran for 100 yards last week was really the only bright spot in the whole thing. There's Lorenzo Harrison, who was held out last week with sort of a precautionary hamstring injury. He's expected back this week. He's been really productive when he's been in there. And then Teon Fleet Davis, who we really didn't see much of last week. I was surprised by that. In the first two games, he had been kind of a breakout star. Um, he, he had three touchdowns all in the fourth quarter. He ran for 100 yards the second game. And he was really looking like the change of pace back. And so they have all of that. Um, and then another healthy, you know, another good running back who's going to be out with a broken hand. So, so that is easily the deepest position on their whole roster. And when a couple of those guys are going, it's a real weapon. Do you feel like there is something of a quarterback controversy at all right now? Cause I know, 
uh, Hill didn't play especially well um, against Temple. Uh, do you think the coaching staff is looking to make a change and go to Pickerham, or is it just kind of a, everybody's struggling so they'll stay with who they've picked? Well, they have gone and said that there's they're not making any changes. That's what Matt Canada said. You know, everything's going to stay the same. But I do think at a certain point, if Kasim Hill continues to struggle, you do have to revisit that. I mean, the gap between him and Tyrell Pigram is clearly narrow enough that Maryland wants to get Pigram in the game because um, he brings a totally different aspect. He's he's a much better runner than Hill. Um, he can still throw it a little bit. And, you know, Pigram, you know, his first career start, I believe, was against Minnesota. He didn't play well that game, but, you know, he's – He's shown a lot of flashes throughout, you know, the last couple of years when he's been healthy. But I think every, everyone's kind of known that Hill is the future of this program at that position. And until last week, he was on, you know, really unbeaten as a starter, unless you count. He played like less than a quarter against UCF last year. They were winning when he left, and UCF ended up killing him and ended up killing everyone else all year. I know you had three pretty key offensive linemen out uh, last game with injury, which certainly isn't going to help your quarterback or your running backs. Um, does it look like those guys are going to be back, or how, what's how did that kind of shake out with the depth chart in the in the press conference this week? So there's there's the two guys, uh, the the two senior tackles who had opportunities to go to the NFL and didn't. Uh, that's Derwin Gray, Damian Prince. Both of them were kind of held out. Gray has been battling injuries uh, pretty openly for a while. He was held out against Texas. He started um, against Bowling Green, and then he was held out in the third game. Prince started the first two games, was held out last week. The third guy is Terrence Davis, um, who had started, I believe, 21 straight games at right guard. He hasn't been 100% really at all. Like He was out of spring practice. He was not 100% in camp. He's played a little bit of like special teams, but he hasn't really made an impact on on the offensive line. And I don't know what his status is, but the other two are for sure expected to be back. Minnesota has struggled on offense. I mean, there's been some nice things we've seen from true freshman Zach Anikstad. Um, we've been pretty impressed with Bryce Williams as our number four back, having to step in because of injury and do some 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 nice things, but. In general, the offensive line has been a little erratic for the Gophers. Um, some games they're run blocking well, but not pass blocking well. Other games they're pass blocking a little better, but not, you know, really opening holes for the run game at all. Uh, is there a particular element of Maryland's defense that you think is the strongest? Because I think right now our concern is, you know, depending on which offensive line shows up, it could really come down to how Maryland, where Maryland's strengths are, to determine how bad it could get from for us. Well, the one consistent part of Maryland's defense has been the secondary all year. They've they've got really playmakers at every position. Darnell Savage actually had half of Maryland scoring uh, with a pick six last week, and you know he's one of the, he's become really one of the best safeties in the conference, if not in the country. Antoine Brooks, who's the nickel corner, he's been he's been all over the place for a couple of years now. Um, guys like Tino Ellis, Marcus Lewis are good in coverage. Up front, Maryland's had, I think, five sacks. in. They had five sacks against Bowling Green, and they, they didn't have one against Temple, and they didn't have one against Texas. So 
So that's kind of the the tricky part. The pass rush was very much a problem last year. I don't expect it to be too much of a problem this year, but you know, if if that's going and it could be easily, uh, Jesse Annabonum, the redshirt senior, has always produced when he's healthy, and Byron Cowart, uh, the transfer who used who was a former top prospect in the country, went to Auburn, didn't work out there. Now he's kind of had a renaissance of sorts at Maryland. Those two guys have been productive, but they haven't been super consistent so far. And I think that's something that Maryland fans will be looking to see more of in conference play. With the struggles they had against Texas and Temple in getting pressure on the quarterback, was there something that you feel like Texas and Temple were doing that was really neutralizing Maryland's pass rush? Or was it just a one of those situations where because your pass rushers can be a little inconsistent, they were just having down games? Well, Texas in particular, I, was, I wasn't I was super worried after Texas. They have Sam Ellinger, who's a very nimble quarterback. He's he's hard to take down. Temple was surprising because it, it they just didn't get a ton of pressure. Temple was getting balls off quick. Uh, they were running the ball pretty well. It, I think Maryland's defense honestly just got tired because Temple ran 80 plays to Maryland's 52, and it, it really showed. It, obviously, if that happens again and they get tired again, you know it'll be probably another long day. But there's there's definitely a lot of talent um, on that defensive line more than Maryland's had in years, and I think there's reason for optimism that they bounce back. Last game was a game for Minnesota where the run blocking was stronger. Um, they opened up some really good holes. Uh, Bryce Williams took advantage. We look like we might be getting uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, our number three back, um, returning hopefully for this game as well. Uh, do you see, if Minnesota's doing a good job with run blocking and our backs are, are producing strong, do you see Maryland as a team that Minnesota can run on? Or is that defensive line you know, fairly fairly uh, able to, to neutralize the run? Well, Maryland in the last few years hasn't been a great run defense team. Uh, they, they run a base nickel defense, which, you know, in and of itself, that's only two linebackers, doesn't set up great for stopping the run, especially if a team can get holes. But I've been impressed with the two linebackers that Maryland's been running out pretty regularly. Trey Watson, a grad transfer from Illinois, and Isaiah Davis, um, who's the in-house guy. And both of those guys have been really, really good. Um, as a result, the run defense has been better than it's been in the past, but I think it's still a potential weak spot, I think, if teams are able to exploit it. Has your expectation for Maryland changed at all over the first three games, or are you able to just kind of look at Temple and go, okay, that, that really stunk, but it's a it's more of a blip? I mean, it's hard to not change an expectation of a team, you know, when, like I thought on our season preview podcast, I picked Maryland to go six and six. Um, you beat Texas all of a sudden you think, wow, okay, that, you know, there's a lot more upside than maybe even I thought. So, uh, you know, the number in my head then was seven and five. Now I'm kind of back to six and six. It, it, it's around, it feels like we're kind of back at square one. And I don't know really where to go from there because the Temple performance was so unexpectedly bad that, like, I don't know where it goes from there. I think from the outside looking in, uh, Friday is kind of an interesting day. Um, 
I know the well. See, I thought that this was Friday's um, kind of whole press conference related to the program uh, and, and the report that was being brought to the, uh, I guess your board of regents or whatever you guys call them. Um, I thought it was about kind of the whole thing, uh, both uh, uh, Jordan McNair's um, death uh, in the off season, as well as the uh, allegation against just kind of the culture of, of uh, DJ Durkin's program. But you actually let me know that it's just focused on, on McNair. How do you see that playing out in terms of any impact on the field, regardless of what the outcome of the discussion is? Yeah, so there are two investigations into the program. Um, we've we've been kind of explaining this to people for a while, but there. Uh, so there's the external investigation into McNair's death and the protocols and procedures in place at the time um, that was announced the day after he died and it was always expected to be complete around mid-September and maybe a week later than, you know, the original announced date of September 15th, but, you know, pretty much on schedule. The, in August, about two months after McNair died, ESPN published a report about, you know, the circumstances of the workout a lot of that information had been reported before, but it was the first time it was reported to such a national audience, and it very much didn't look good for Maryland. And then the second report was of the alleged toxic culture within the football program. And that was really an even bigger bombshell. That one is the reason that University President Wallace Lowe put DJ Durkin on administrative leave right away. Um, he's been on leave since, and I think... So, so then Lowe had a press conference the next week. They announced legal and moral responsibility for McNair's death after learning of the preliminary findings of this investigation that we'll learn the full, we'll learn the full details on Friday. Um, so that, that suggests to me that the reporting that's been going on is basically correct. We might learn a few details here and there. I actually don't expect to learn too much new stuff um, on Friday in particular. The the real important one as far as like people's jobs, Durkin's job, is the commission that Lowe announced to investigate the culture of the program. Both investigations are now run by the Board of Regents and the Board of Regents added like a bunch of people to that commission. We don't have a date on when that group will announce its findings, but um, it shouldn't be too long. So th this is all just a step in, um, you know, kind of getting some closure on it, realizing what happened and, you know, taking the long-awaited actions toward a better future. So what's your kind of thought for Saturday, prediction for Saturday? Do you think uh, Maryland storms back and, and uh, gets a win, or do you think they struggle again? Well, at the, at the moment... In my head, I think they, they're somehow able to pull a, one, pull a close win out. Um, but and, and most of that is just because I watched last year. I thought Maryland was dead in the water. They looked completely lost against UCF after losing their second quarterback already. And then their third stringer went into Minnesota and won. And now the, you know, the first stringer, the second stringer, and the third stringer are all healthy at quarterback. Maryland's at home. It, you know, on paper, at least, it seems like they're probably the better team. 
they should win. So I'll pick them, but I would not be surprised really by anything. All right, so I know there's at least some number of Minnesota fans, I'm not going to say a lot, um, who are going uh, out to watch the game. If you had to list some places that they have to stop, places to eat, places to drink, anything that you think is a, a must-see uh, as far as uh, um, food and beverage, uh, what would you recommend? Yeah, well, I mean, the the closest thing Maryland has to like a real cultural hub is a couple bars right on Route 1. Um, there's Cornerstone and Bentley's right next to each other. That's the one that Scott Van Pelt shouts out all the time. Like he'll <laughs> Maryland highlight will be on and he'll yell, let's go to Bentley's. Um, and I guess some people do. Um, so that is the, the, like the super college bar version of like the, all the bars here. Um, as far as places to eat, I mean, there's just a lot, there's, I don't have any particular, you know, it, just whatever you're whatever you're going for, there's something either on campus or close to it, um, is is how I would say that. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us for the podcast and and getting us up to speed on Maryland, man. No problem. All right, everybody, uh, make sure to check out uh, the podcast after the game. Hopefully, after uh, a Gophers win and go Gophers, Sky Yuma, row the boat.